Okay, here I am, Madam Adams. I'm about to speak to Ellen Burstyn. She's on several projects, which she'll tell us about. She is president of the Actors Studio. She has more awards than a SEAL commander. She's been Best Actress 1975, 1974, 2001, 1972, 1981, 1979, Emmys, Tonys, Triple, triple Awards, every other bloody thing there is. Tell me, what are you doing at this moment? Uh, right now, I have a running part on Law and Order, uh, the one that Chris Maloney's doing, Organized Crime. And I play his mother. I had played his mother when he was still on the Special Victims Unit. And when he got his own show, they asked me if I wanted to um, to do it. And I did. I had won an Emmy for the uh, when I first did it, playing his mother. And I love him. He's a wonderful actor and a wonderful man. So I really like working with him. So I'm working on that and enjoying it very much. We're just this coming week going to be shooting the final show of this season. But you're doing a great many projects. You're doing, there's something that's coming on 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 TV now, isn't there? What is it? It's called First Ladies. Yeah. Um, And it's, I play Franklin Roosevelt's mother um, or (laughs) Eleanor Roosevelt's mother-in-law. Um. And that's a really interesting show. It's, you know, I'm sure you've heard about Mich- uh, Michelle Obama being played by Viola Davis. Yeah. Um, and Susan Ford being played by Michelle Pfeiffer. And, of course, the wonderful Gillian Anderson is playing Eleanor Roosevelt. And I loved working with her. She's a wonderful actress. So tell, that's- tell me about that. Tell me about the role. What is, what is it like playing her? Um, well, um, playing Sarah Roosevelt, you know, she was a, a grand dame in a way, uh, yeah. a, a New England woman, and uh, had her own ideas about how things ought to be done, um, and didn't necessarily agree with Eleanor's point of view. So they had a, you know, kind of cool air between them sometimes. Uh, and, you know, it's a, a mother-in-law is a hard role to play <laughs> in life as well as. Okay. Um, yeah. And um, so it's a very interesting show about the first ladies and they've interwoven the stories together. Um, so it jumps around in time. I said, I said, Susan Ford, Michelle Pfeiffer is playing Betty Ford. I'm sorry. Um yeah, I know. I know, I know, I know, I so, know. It's on, uh, on Showtime. Yeah, I was trying to think. It's on Showtime. What did you reveal? What was revealed about Sarah Roosevelt? She was a very tough lady. Yeah, she was a tough lady, but also uh, Eleanor lost her mother when she was very young, when she was a child. So she never really had a mother-daughter relationship. And when she got involved with Franklin, um, Sarah really mothered her in many ways. I mean, she was not a, I would say she wasn't a tough mother, but she, you know, she was a woman who who knew how things should be done. <clears throat> and Eleanor didn't. 
you know, she didn't she didn't know about place settings at the table, um, or the you know the the finer ways of living. So it was what really did, a, what a, happened a to you for what did they do for makeup? What did you have to change? Hair, well, whatever. Yeah, we uh, wore wigs. I mean, it covers quite a bit of time. So I I start out younger um, in a dark haired wig, and then you know it grows gradually gets gray and and then white. Um, and the costumes are wonderful, but you know of the period. Um, what a, yeah what. Which, but she was sort of a glamorous lady. I mean, she she wore jewels and things, as I recall. Uh, she wore uh, pearls, actually, mostly. Um, she was a New England lady, you know. She was grew up with money, but I wouldn't say she was uh, uh, glamorous. I wouldn't I wouldn't describe her that way. She was more ladylike, um, okay, and okay. educated. And smart. You, uh, you and con- very conventional. You are running the Actors Studio. In the old days, a, a thousand years ago, I did a life story book of him, and I was always at the Actors Studio. Not that I had any ability; I didn't. But has the Strasbourg method kept its importance? Is it still? in operation today? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, the method is based on uh, what Stanislavski called the system. And he once wrote, um, I didn't invent the system. I simply wrote down what all good actors do. And I would say that's still true, that the the, the things that I learned to do um, in studying the Strasbourg, I still do, and and developed. And I don't think there is a style that is method style. And anybody who who calls method acting a, a type of acting is ill informed, because it's just really a, or as Lee said, a system to train the imagination to respond to imaginary circumstances. Uh, or imaginary stimuli, and that's that's what it is. So that that we have tr- a trained imagination, so that we can believe in what we're doing. So th- okay, that's but acting our- acting has changed today. It seems to me, the actors are saying different things, different ways, and now everything is shoot 'em up and action. It's not as much emotion. I may be wrong, and I probably am, but what do you say about that? It hasn't changed? Um, well, the, that's the, the writing then, isn't it? That's yeah, the story. Um, you know, I'm talking about um, the kind of work that requires fine acting. I'm not talking about shoot up. What, what they do, I, I don't know, because I don't do that kind of work. But has it not changed in any way? I mean, are they not acting less than they used to? I have the feeling that they are, but I probably don't even know what I'm talking about. I just think that actors <laughs> are acting less, but I guess they're not. I guess they're not. 
Are we producing well, great actors today at the studio? Oh, absolutely. Um, Bradley Cooper, for instance, um, is a member of the studio, and he graduated from our uh, master's degree program at Pace. You know, Chris Maloney that I'm working with on Law & Order is an example. He is a really fine actor, and he comes from the stage, and he's he's working at the finest and deepest level all the time. Now, there's somebody that's in a, you know, you could call it a cop show. He's playing a, yeah. a policeman. But I tell you, looking into his eyes when I'm working with him, that man is, he really knows how to work. And, you know, I don't know that he would ever call himself a method actor, but I don't, I don't know that anybody needs to call themselves a method actor. It's just, you know, it's what you do when you really train yourself to um, be able to play the full gamut of human conditions and emotions and, and depths. It was very difficult watching, watching kids trying to learn when I was watching in the actor's studio, watching Lee Strasberg, because he was tough. He was really tough. Uh, are you as tough? You're not as tough as, as Strasberg was. You're nicer. No, uh, I'm not as tough as he, as he was. I have a different style. Um, but I, I hope, because I'm trained by him, that I know how to speak on a deep level to actors so that I'm addressing their, not just what they do in the scene uh, on that particular day, but what their process is, how they go about approaching a role and how effective that is. That's what I address. And that's what I learned from Lee, of course, Nobody will ever be at Strasbourg again. He was, he was a genius. What did you do during the pandemic? How did you survive like the rest of us? It wasn't easy. Were you home? <laughs> did you go out and work? What? Um, I did all of that. I was home a lot. And I went up to Mount Tremper to stay with some friends who have a house up there. Um, somebody also donated their um condo to me on the Long Island Sound. So I stayed there for a month. Um, I stayed out of the city at the beginning of it when it first hit. But then I came back and I spent a lot of time alone, which is very interesting, and really experienced what it means to us to be out of touch with each other. You know, I, oh my I was God. reading... You know, I don't know if you read that wonderful book, Sapiens, but in there he says that we're next to chimpanzees uh, in evolutionarily. And they're you know, creatures who live in groups, and that's part of our nature, um, to community. And when I was isolated, I could really feel that. I, I said that I felt my inner chimpanzee crying. Um, so I would go out to the park, spend time out in the park with, you know, watch strangers playing ball with each other, um, just to not be spending so much time alone. It was pretty isolating. But do you keep any treasures the from now? Do you do, do you keep do I, any treasures from all your movies? Um, a couple of things. Yeah, I have a couple like, of things. 
Like what? Like I, what? Well, I just happened to notice that I I went through um, the exorcist wearing a horseshoe bracelet. I, I like the idea of her having a good luck charm on as though that could help <laughs> in the situation yeah, she okay. was in. Yeah. So I had that. Um, and I saved that. What else? Do you know where you keep all your trophies and awards? Some people keep yeah. them in the bathroom, actually. I I have an office in home in my apartment in New York, and I keep all of my awards there on the bookshelf. Books and um, books about the theater and so forth. They're lined up. Ellen, one of the people that you have been working with over many years was Alec Baldwin. Have you spoken to him recently? Um, I have. He's not uh, communicating a lot. You know, he's spending time with his family. And, um, you know, when I first wrote to him, his answer was so hard on the wife and kids. And, you know, he's a real family man, and that's what he's involved in right now. And I just let him know that we're there for him and care for him and love him and uh, welcome him back to the studio whenever he wants to come. But I think he's got his hands full now with his family. Okay. I want to thank you for talking to me, Ellen. I haven't seen you in a while, and we all think you're so terrific. We love you. We're going to watch you on television, honey. Okay. Thank you so much, Cindy. Nice talking to you. Bye, sweetie. Bye-bye. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.